Three words, so applicable right now. Chaos, corruption, crazy. Yeah, this really kind of, this is what America is with an especially corrupt ruling class. We all know it. We can all see it. Joe Biden, oh, by the way, it's getting juicier and bigger and broader. So we know at this point it has been established, and actually Hunter Biden's attorneys have admitted it, that they got millions of dollars from China. That's already a known fact, all right? $3 million transferred to the Biden family. $1 million of it was split up between three Bidens. I'll get to that in a second. But we have this from the chairman of the Oversight Committee tonight. The Biden family enterprise is centered on Joe Biden's political career and connections. Next, please. It has generated an exorbitant amount of money for the Biden family. Uh, following by, we've identified six, six additional members of Joe Biden's family who may have benefited. That brings, bringing the total number of those involved or benefiting to nine, nine people. Now, these are the ones we know about for sure right now. Haley Biden, for some reason, Hunter Biden and James Biden, Joe's brother. But there are a half dozen other people out there who got money off of this stuff, at least at least. Now, even though Hunter Biden's attorneys have confirmed the million dollars, Joe is still in denial. Any reference to how she will be few memo about your family dealings, sir? Yes, you are um, revealing that um, Hunter Biden's business associate sent over a million dollars to three of your family members. Any reactions to that report? It's not true. And then he backs up and retreats in denial. I think he knows better. He's just addicted to lying. Um, You better check with Hunter Biden's lawyers. He's confirmed it again. All right. We got corruption. We haven't seen. I don't think so. And we've got chaos all over the place. I mean, you saw what happened this weekend, right? Let's start in Chicago, please. Uh, A rampage like thousands of teenagers because it was warm out. That's what they said. It was unseasonably warm and uh They went out and destroyed the place, destroyed the city, a big portion of it, shut it down. A Los Angeles shopping spree. Yeah, yeah, all want to go shopping? Let's hit this 7-Eleven and ruin it and take everything inside. This stuff is happening. This is daily life in America now. Oh, and a mass shooting. Now, this is, we don't have all the facts yet, all right? We're still trying to figure out what happened here, but... But a tragedy, to be sure, some indication that there may have been a pre-existing grievance. We're not sure yet. We're following the case very, very closely. Oh, and then, of course, there's this. Thanks for shopping. You know, shoplifting with the music doesn't seem as disturbing, but... We know it is. It's really, really bad. Can we go back to Chicago for a moment? I mean, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? Well, they have their new mayor inbound. He's a mayor-elect at this point, and he's as woke and as crazy as Lori Lightfoot. Uh, Here's his interpretation of what happened this weekend. The question is, how do we make sure that people can eat? Look, no one is going to condone, you know, behavior that, that, quite frankly, speaks to a level of desperation. So you're not, you're not condoning out, looting? I'm saying that people are acting out of desperation. We don't want a society that is acting out of desperation. But you have to pay attention to the cries that people have. All right, so it sounds like he's uh, 
condoning looting, actually, when you get right down to it. Can I see these kids out there again, these teenagers? And let's face it, folks, teenagers live at home with their parents, all right? Uh, what, what, what's the desperation? The parents basically, I don't care what neighborhood you live in, take care of the expenses, okay? And um, how about getting a job? In this economy, right, people are hiring. People are hiring. How about McDonald's? McDonald's, you know, something like one in 10 Americans had their first job at McDonald's. And uh, some great people who went on to do, well, actually mediocre people. I'm not big fans of all these guys. But uh, Paul Ryan started at a McDonald's. Uh, I don't recognize the guy on the lower left. Sorry about that. Uh, I think that's Keenan Ivory Wayans on the bottom right. Anyway, all kinds of people start at McDonald's, and it's a great thing for this guy to be saying that somehow Chicago freak night was justified. That's crazy. Then again, we've got a crazy country, and that also defines America right now totally and completely out of its head. And not everybody, of course, but the institutions, the leaders, the well, take a look at this. In Washington state, they just passed a bill, which will most likely be signed by the governor, that parental consent not required for gender-affirming treatment. Transgender kids can just change their gender uh, without their parents being involved. That's kind of crazy, don't you think? Of course it is. And other weird stuff that's happening. I mean, look, you don't have to look far, but the attorney general of the state of New York, who's investigating Donald Trump, suing him, showed up at a drag show listening to this monster speak to children. Um, that's not normal. No, it's not. And finally, on our crazy list, just for now, all right, because we can go on and on like this. Alvin Bragg's crazy witch hunt against Trump. A local district attorney, Soros-backed, who got 82,000 votes on the last day of school. Nobody, nobody knew what they were doing. Uh, now, in the old days, well, our institutions would protect against some of this nonsense, right? Our government, our elite media, even the New York Times, our entertainers. Saturday Night Live, they, at one point, these guys ripped on everything. Let's go through it. They were so politically incorrect, and they had fun doing it. Uh, who do we have? We got Pat. Ooh, remember Pat? She was, uh, I don't know what her status was, but she was funny. Next up, uh, the ladies' man. I actually like that character a lot. Uh, totally incorrect, politically so. Oh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, chips, and uh, John Belushi, and the, the rest. And I think we got one more. Oh, Mary Catherine Gallagher, and her antics. Now, what is Saturday Night Live these days? They literally had a wake when Hillary Clinton lost the election. Do you remember that? They had the person who played her go out and play a serious song that, you know, she lost and it was the worst thing in the world that happened. It, it used to be a destination. We could all go there and kind of laugh at, uh, well, that stuff that was funny. Now it's all political. They had their first non-binary cast member, whatever that is. And um, we can update. They used, to, they used to make fun of President Ford. Now they lecture us about stuff. They lecture us about our kids. As of this week, <laughs> there are now over 14 states that have passed bills restricting health care for trans kids. Listen to that, Michael. Yeah. Restricting health care for kids. For some reason, there's something about the word trans that makes people forget the word kids. If you don't care about trans kids' lives, it means you don't care about frickin' kids' lives. Wow, wow. 
Wow, that's, uh, that's quite a statement. No, we care about kids. We don't want this to happen. We don't want people unsupervised around our children, especially those who might be importing toxic views about sexuality, like maybe you should change your gender. That is incredibly rare, and they're mainstreaming it to a dangerous, dangerous degree. We want to protect kids, all kids. But right now on my mind, children of color. Uh, because, well, they are victimized disproportionately. Absolutely. Uh, gun violence is plaguing black children, I think, more than any other group. But nobody seems to give a damn unless a white person is involved. Outrage in Kansas City this morning after a black teenager was shot in the head when he mistakenly went to the wrong address to pick up his younger brothers. This is 16-year-old Ralph Jarl. He is currently hospitalized in stable condition. Now, that's absolutely awful. Really bad. But unfortunately, it happened all over the country. But they picked this one to start the news with. You know what they're doing. They're stirring the pot. They're stirring the racial pot. They want to get something going here, a little bit of friction, have a little fun, have some ratings, make some money. Now we are joined by attorney Ben Crump, who is representing the family of Ralph Yall. Uh, Counselor, thank you so much for being with us. Mm, this ambulance chaser, this ambulance chaser has done so much damage to this country. Uh, started, got my attention when he faked the Trayvon Martin case. But uh, what does he have to say about today? I mean, to have black people ring a doorbell and then have a white citizen shoot him in the head first and then shoot him a second time. I mean, there is no way you can justify this. All right. It doesn't sound like you can. I just don't understand why this country must, with CNN's stamp of approval, racialize everything. A lot of 12-year-old kids have gotten killed lately, and it's so tragic, but it's ignored. It is ignored unless there's a white assailant involved. Why is that? In large part, it's so that guy right there, Ben Crump, can make money. Absolutely. Because if we were honest about this, let's look at the numbers, okay? Uh, yeah, black-on-white crime is 42.3 times more likely than white-on-black crime, all right? It's... Uh, it's true. And this is true as well. I got to go to the border now because the border wide open. <laughs> Democrats seem to like that. They see votes. What if I told them that this could be polio coming into our country? Take a look at this from a top medical officer in New York City. 50% of migrants not vaccinated against polio. 50% polio. According to a top New York City medical officer, we've had that vaccine for, what, 70 years? They've been exposed to tuberculosis, TB. Now, migrants are eligible for public health insurance, especially here in New York City, and qualified for emergency Medicaid, hospital admission, and treatment. But again, 50% of migrants not vaccinated against polio. That is crazy chaotic. And really, really dangerous. Here's something else. Donald Trump last week said something that was overlooked, but it's important. And think of that. The way they left 
Afghanistan and nobody was fired. I fired a lot of people. Yeah, he fired a lot of people. These people should have been fired. He fired a lot of people, but these people should have been fired. Uh, let's see. Tony Blinken, uh, the secretary of defense, all these guys still have jobs. Donald Trump would have gotten rid of one or all, right? Isn't that appropriate? We're coming up on the two-year anniversary in not too much time. This is also crazy and incredible. 75 million votes, 74 million votes, sorry, for Donald Trump. More than any sitting president in the history of this country. And Joe Biden got how many? How many sitting in that basement? 81 million votes in the basement. Uh, that is crazy. That is crazy. And I have my doubts. I have my doubts about the fairness of the 2020 election. I think it's still okay to say that. Hey, in a little bit, an amazing new film, his only son about Abraham and Isaac in the Old Testament. It's shocking Hollywood and thrilling the country. It's making so much money. It was made for so little money. The man who made it happen will be joining me in a little bit. Two weeks ago now, time is like bending. This seems like it happened uh, eight years ago. I just, anyway, Donald Trump arrested, right? I still haven't gotten over it. It's so crazy, so ridiculous, although really hasn't stopped him, has it? But this image offends me. It does. It never should have happened. Although, quite frankly, even at that table, guess what? He still looks like president. He looks like the boss. He doesn't really look like he's, he's in trouble because he's not, because it's a phony case. But... We want some accountability because the guy who's trying to put him in jail is not doing his job. He's messing around in these non-crimes, but ignoring real crimes. It's really amazing what's happening. Now, fortunately, Republicans in Congress, uh, they had a special committee hearing today, and they're calling this guy out, and witnesses are coming forward who he has harmed, his office has harmed. They haven't gotten justice on his watch, but some of the things he's famous for, resisting arrest, is now no longer chargeable, uh, resisting arrest. Huh? How about paying, not paying your subway fare? No problem. Just hop the turnstile. Yes, it's, uh, it, it costs for everybody else, but if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Alvin Bragg just threw out the law. He doesn't want to enforce that one. Uh, let's see. Attempted assault. Uh, no jail. You only attempted to harm somebody with that axe. You never actually, yeah, you busted up the place, but you didn't actually put it, the axe on somebody's face, so... No problem. Uh, it is obviously a problem. We were thrilled to see Madeline Brame, uh, one of the great guests of Newsmax. She lost her son uh, about two years ago, but the case was not prosecuted adequately under Alvin Bragg. You've seen her story. We've had all these witnesses on Newsmax at one point or another. We give them respect. Democrats blow them off and try to tell them that they don't understand the situation. The purpose of this hearing is to cover up for what they know to be an inappropriate investigation. Now, I look forward, many of you are Can I in respond New York City. You, no, not right now, because I only have 20 seconds, I'm sorry. But I, I do Don't want to Don't insult talk. my intelligence. That, uh, you're uh, not hang on, hang on. The gentleman's time. I'm not insulting okay, You're trying to insult me time. like I'm not aware of Ms. what's going Ms. on Ms. here. Thank you. Okay? I, I'm fully aware of what's going on here. Gentlemen, we'll suspend. Okay? Gentlemen, gets another 15 seconds. Thank you. That's why I walked away from the plantation of the Democratic Party. Committee will be in order. Ms. Brame, what I was was about to say 
Yeah, we don't care. Your time is up. Madeline Brame, fantastic job. Wow, what a hero. What a hero she is. And all the Democrats who showed up tried to insult these people. The Republican witnesses who have used their time to criticize District Attorney Bragg have served as props in a MAGA Broadway production. The real purpose in coming to New York City... Can we have order? The real purpose in coming to New York City... Gentlemen, we'll suspend. Stop the clock. That room is full of real New Yorkers, real victims of crimes, people who have lost uh, loved ones to crime. And listen to how they're speaking to them. They won't have it. (laughs) I love New York. And, uh, ooh, Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler, (laughs) he wasn't expecting this. The chairman is doing the bidding of Donald Trump. The committee Republicans designed this hearing to intimidate and deter the duly elected district attorney of Manhattan. It is, to use the chairman's favorite term, a weaponization of the House Judiciary Committee. I do not know if Mr. Trump will be found guilty. I do not know. Gentlemen, suspend. The gallery uh, should refrain from commenting and let the gentleman from New York finish his statement. All right. These people, these members of Congress, they should have more hearings out in the country. Uh, They need they need to hear people, their reaction, laughing at them, laughing at those ridiculous statements. Jim Jordan ran one hell of a hearing. Good for him. Um, One more thing from this Nadler character. Uh, Here he is just lying through his teeth. Everything's fine in New York, huh? Over the past year, under the leadership of Mayor Adams and District Attorney Bragg, Crime in Manhattan has dropped in nearly every major category, including murders down 14 percent, shootings down 17 percent, burglaries down 21 percent, and robberies down 8 percent, all in one year. And compare that to Mr. Jordan's Ohio, where the homicide rate is 73 percent higher than in Manhattan. New York City is in a total chaotic freefall. This man is a liar. Absolutely. Oh, he has data. He has numbers. You know what he reminds me of? You know who else had data and numbers? That's right. Old Leonid Brezhnev and the communists in the Soviet Union. You listen to him. Everything was always going swimmingly right up until the entire country collapsed. And oh, by the way, that trickery he did, he pulled with Ohio. Ohio, they love to do this. Oh, the red states, they're all the crime is in the red states. Oh, yeah, we're talking about Cleveland, all right? Everybody knows the crime is centered in the blue counties and the blue cities. Nice try. All right. Oh, here's somebody who's on my nerves. His name is Wes Moore. He's being coronated king? No, he's being inaugurated a governor, but... The event was very much like a coronation of some kind with a 21-gun salute or the 19-gun salute, whatever it was. Oprah Winfrey was there to sing this guy's praises. I happened to catch him on one of the Sunday shows yesterday. You know, they make TV shows about how bad the crime is in Baltimore, okay? And it's not been a priority, no. But yesterday he tried to score a cheap political point. Just last night in Baltimore, we had a 12-year-old murdered with an assault rifle, a 12-year-old. 
but it's the assault rifle, right? The assault rifle. Uh, kids are murdered all the time in Baltimore. And it's been going on for a, for a long time, and it will be going on for a long time with this kind of leadership. Wes Moore, high on his own supply. He loves giving speeches. Boy, oh boy, and he looks great and he sounds great. It's all about Wes Moore. I mean, this guy is having so much fun. He's been governor for three months, and they, always, they already want him to be uh, president of the United States. Uh, yeah, he, oh, Oxford. He went to Oxford College. They had him back. Um, I don't know. I got to tell you, there's something very off about all of this. Uh, and the idea that he elevates criminals to the level of cops or brings cops down to the level of criminals. Listen to this. We have also seen an unacceptable rate of incarceration for young black men and boys in neighborhoods fearful of both the criminals and also the forces sworn to protect them. So that's the problem in Baltimore. The cops. People are afraid of the cops. That's what it comes down to. And you start talking about incarcerating uh, boys and black men and all that stuff. I, I tell you, it's a weapon. He's weaponizing the issue because it's going to inhibit a lot of people, unfortunately. When a man like Westmore, yes, his race has something to do with it. it, it hijacks the argument. And, oh, I've never walked in his shoes, so we can't talk about this. It's dishonest, and it's a cheap race hustle stunt. And so is this. I was raised by patriots because I was raised by school teachers. Mm -hmm. I was raised by ministers. Yeah. I was raised by operating engineers. I was raised by people who built this country with their hands. When I first came up to the Bronx when I was about six years old because a couple years before that, my father died. You know, I, I first felt handcuffs on my wrists when I was 11 years old. In my case, I'm sitting there in the back of a police car with my friend, and then eventually after, you know, a, a, a talk and a lecture, uh, the officer pulls me out of the car, unlocks the cuffs, and lets me go. I didn't join the Army because I had a lust or a need to go overseas and fight. Frankly, I joined the Army because college is really damn expensive, and they were going to help with that. Wow. It's all about him. All about him. And it's very, it's very slick. But it's empty. And now that he's governor, oh boy, I have a feeling this guy is a real handful to work with. Take a look. This is a great day for the state. I'm here with the, uh, with the Speaker of the House and the Senate President. And uh, we just had a chance to sign our first bills. Uh, how did he? What? What? He's the governor. Who did he pass it with? The Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate. What? Do we see them? No, that's what we see. Half of his face. William Ferguson. Good job, I hope, whatever you pass. How about you, Adrian? I can tell Adrian does not like this, okay? Meanwhile, it's all about the guy in the middle, right? It's all <laughs> Good luck, Maryland. I'll be right back. News breaks every minute every day you need the app the newsmax app find it free on your smartphone store then watch us anytime anywhere european american armory corp or eaa corp is specialized in providing high quality innovative and reasonably priced firearms to the u.s since 1990 you could choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols whether you're looking for a concealed carry revolver shotgun or competition pistol eaa corp has it 
1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? There are a lot of people who do it much better than I do, and they're exploding uh, on Instagram and elsewhere. We'll have more on that tomorrow. Anyway, uh, ooh, John Fetterman, United States Senator from uh, Pennsylvania somehow, is back in the U.S. Senate. He took a leave, right? He, had, so he was down in the dump, suffering from depression. He's back. Uh, take a look. How you doing, Senator? Welcome back, Senator. Senator. Senator, How are you feeling, Senator? Senator, are you confident you could serve your full six years? I mean, it is kind of wild. He's not. Is he going to the gym or is he going to the U.S. Senate? He's going to the U.S. Senate. I wear better clothes when I go to 7-Eleven. I don't know what's going on here. I don't think we've been told the truth, quite frankly. Maybe it's stroke-related. Is it depression? Who knows? I've been down in the dumps. I wish him the very, very best. It, that can be really tough. Faith helped me a lot. Good luck, John Fetterman. Uh, you know what else helps a little bit? Dressing up. I'm not kidding. If you feel down in the dumps, if you, um, you know, put a jacket on, you can't show up to work like that. I don't care if they have a gym. I don't care. You gotta, you're a United States senator, all right, somehow. Uh, it's not normal. It's not normal. And so many things are not normal, right? And Joe Biden is... Ooh, his trip to Ireland was definitely not normal. I mean, the length of his stay was kind of totally out of hand. And he never had a press conference with the leader of Ireland. All right. They, you do a joint press conference, right? They're easy. You can control the questions. You got three questions from the Irish press, three questions from the American press. If that, um, this is how it's done. Always. Presidents know how to do this. Bill Clinton does it with uh, big leaders, small leaders, everybody. Okay. This is how it's done. And um, he didn't do it. He did not do it. That's very strange. And I hear that they're actually going, he's going to run for president. He can't. He knows he can't. This is, if he does, that's a really dangerous thing. It means that they must have it rigged because there's no way Joe Biden can genuinely be reelected. Don't you think? All right. Next up. As bad as things sometimes seem, you got to remember there are some incredible heroes out there. This woman... She actually is, I think she's a bit of a liberal. Uh, she worked at the New York Times. That's okay. You can be liberal. You can work at the New York Times. But she's not insane. And this clip, she showed up on CNN a while back, and it still gets attention. It's an amazing moment, um, and I'd like to show it to you. When you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad. 
when you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad, and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad. When we're not able to say that Hunter Biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing, the world has gone mad. When, in the name of progress, young school children, as young as kindergarten, are being separated in public schools because of their race, and that is called progress rather than segregation, the world has gone mad. An amazing person, so intelligent, so articulate, and brave, and brave. And we all have to speak up because everybody knows that what's happening right now is wrong. There's no justification for it. And we have to speak up and not be afraid, especially when Pete Buttigieg comes to town. <laughs> this guy, Secretary of Transportation, right? Uh, he should be impeached immediately for this interview. We've got a crisis when it comes to roadway fatalities in America. We lose about 40,000 people every year. It's a level that's comparable to gun violence. And we see a lot of racial disparities, black and brown Americans, tribal citizens and rural residents much more likely to lose their lives, whether it's in a car or as a pedestrian being hit by a car. There are a lot of reasons uh, related to discrimination, related to uh, the, even the ways that roads are designed and built. Who has access to uh, a safe street design? <laughs> and there's Al Sharpton taking it all in. Yes. Tell me more. Al Sharpton. This man is a total and complete racist, anti-Semite, friend of Farrakhan. And there he is on his own show on MSNBC. And poor Brian Williams is retired, huh? How about that? Here's a little recap of Al Sharpton. I would love to use love, but if I've got to use hate, I'll deal with my hand calls for it. Uh, that lady was right. The world has gone mad. But somehow I'm, I'm very optimistic. In a little bit, we'll meet a man who made a movie about God and is doing incredibly well. They made it for like two bucks and it's made millions in the box office. We'll be right back. Oh, remember this one? She knew absolutely nothing, but she heard a lot of gossip at the office. <laughs> and they made a federal case out of it. Cassidy Hutchinson testified before the January 6th committee. It was ludicrous. I actually thought I was hallucinating at one point. A uh, big part of it was, oh, she's, uh, she's young. Uh, she's somewhat pretty. She's slim. I could not believe it because she was just relaying a bunch of anecdotes and no firsthand information, hardly. So she had a lawyer for a time. Stefan Pazentino, and uh, she proceeded to, well, badmouth him at one point, and the January 6th committee really picked up on it, and they did such a number on this guy. Listen to this. An executive summary said that there was a witness who was instructed, we're now learning that was Cassidy Hutchinson, essentially to tell the committee she didn't recall things that she actually did. My colleagues learned the lawyer who was advising her was Stefan Passantino. Putting it simply, to tell a client to be dishonest under oath is pretty high on the list of things that attorneys aren't supposed to do, but it's also deeply, deeply criminal. Trump world was assigning lawyers to a lot of these um, 
these staffers who are paying Cassidy Hutchinson's lawyer? Is my understanding, you'd have to confirm that, but she had someone, uh, Positano, who, Stefan Positano, who'd been in the White House counsel's office, is still aligned with Trump world. All right. So they came after Stefan Pazantino and uh, giving him a really hard time. There are lawyers out there trying to disbar him, but he is firing back a $67 million lawsuit against the January 6th committee. Jesse Benal joins us. He's a constitutional attorney, an attorney for the former White House lawyer, Stefan Pazantino. Uh, sir, welcome to the show. And uh, look, I think you got a great case here. I hope I summarized it somewhat adequately, but I think your client was totally screwed over. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Greg. And I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, Stefan Passantino is one of the best lawyers, one of the most ethical lawyers that anyone is ever going to meet. And the January 6th committee went after him, not because he did anything wrong, but because they wanted a, they wanted a scalp. And they didn't care if they were going to get an innocent man and, and try to destroy an innocent man in the process. Someone who had spent years building up a, re a reputation as a good strong ethical attorney. And the way that they drug his name through the mud is, is absolutely um, unlawful and is something that they really need to be held accountable for. And that's why we filed this Federal Tort Claims Act um, action in Congress. All right. Now, you know, it would be one thing if Cassidy Hutchinson did not like her attorney and thought it was you know, not good services or whatever, and she filed a complaint, which I don't know if she's done. But the thing here is, you know, you've got You've got prominent lawyers who have never met your client filing complaints with the Bar Commission. I mean, this seems totally outrageous and totally non-standard and, quite frankly, scary. I mean, this, this doesn't happen, does it? It's not supposed to happen. It's really a shame that there are these uh, lawyers, many of whom you just showed, that have no idea what happened, no idea of the facts of what actually happened in this case and are dragging Stefan's name through the mud um, simply because uh, it, he has represented people that they don't like. And it's our job as attorneys to represent our clients um, with diligence um, and, and zealousness. Stefan has always done that and no more. He's also always represented his clients ethically. He's also you know, gone out of his way to make sure that he's fully advising his clients on whatever their legal duties are at the time. And there's no specific uh, examples in this case that, that are truthful um, to, to the contrary. In fact, what happened is uh, Liz Cheney and, and others um, as part of the, the and, and this is all in the January 6th uh, transcript, they've really outed themselves on this, um, basically tried to execute some sort of sting operation against uh, Stefan, and it didn't work because when they tried to execute the sting operation, Stefan did exactly what any lawyer would do in his situation, um, represented his client fully, represented um, his client uh, by uh, uh, doing exactly what any lawyer um, would do in front of Congress about, and, and in fact, didn't interrupt the committee, um, didn't instruct his client not to answer. In fact, he just simply um, played by the rules. Yeah. And instead of recognizing that, they tried to destroy him. So um, you can sue a committee for $67 million? I mean, like, they, I, I haven't heard of that. Um, uh, I, I support it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, look, I'm, it's, a, it's an opinion show and you know how I feel. But um, how do yeah. you do that? They have money that yeah, they can actually you can actually do this. 
That's a really great question. What this is is a Federal Tort Claims Act, and Congress decided to make itself subject to the Federal Tort Claims Act. And that means when they take and they wrong somebody and they, they publish these falsehoods about somebody as they, as they have in Stefan's case, you can file a claim with Congress that says you should make us whole. Mm. You, you have taken and, and really tried to destroy a, a career that took decades building, and you should make us whole. And, and Congress- Jesse, can I jump in for a moment? Is this all based on what Cassidy said, right? This is what she reports that her lawyer advised her to do, and they're trying to make it into a big deal. But it's all, it's all she said, correct? Well, it really is more than just what Cassidy said. It's what the January 6th com- uh, committee members and their staff did to misrepresent um, uh, the way that Stefan represented Cassidy Hutchison. Right. Um, and so that really, I mean, aside from what Cassidy Hutchison uh, said, it is what these people actually uh, what the committee members actually did that makes them liable. Is and your is it, your client working now, by the way? Um, it, he is uh, still working. He was um, uh, it, he had to separate from the law firm that he was with for a, a long period of time. But he's at a, a, another uh, great smaller law firm um, at this point. And I have no doubt that Stefan is going to land on his feet in the long run. Um, but anyone who has to go through being drugged through the mud like this, it, it's going to have a serious impact um, on their on their career. And I think they're trying to scare off other lawyers, right, from That's ever exactly associating. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's horrible. Well, look, I remember when this was going down, and I really felt for your client, who I've never met, I don't know, but I think he's a stand-up guy, Stefan Pazentino. Jesse Banal, you too, by the way. Uh, Thank thanks very much. Good luck with this, and um, we'll be right back. So you're looking at a new movie called His Only Son. It just came out a couple of weeks ago, and people in Hollywood are shocked. It's, um, well, it's a story uh, that you can find in the Bible. Abraham commanded by God to sacrifice his son. You know that story from the Old Testament. Well, they made a movie about it, and take a look at these numbers. It cost roughly $250,000 to make the film. So far, it has made $12 million, at least in box office sales. Uh, this is this is something that has shocked the world, but it's thrilling audiences, more importantly. And we're so pleased that David Helling, uh, the director of the film, the man who made this possible. Uh, welcome, sir, and congratulations on the film's success. How are you? I'm all right, sir. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing to be here. Talk about it. Uh, well, do me a favor. We're going to watch the trailer because nine times out of ten, you can tell whether it's a good movie or not by watching the trailer. And uh, <laughs> we're all going to do it together, okay? It's it's the smaller one. I've already seen it. It works. Believe me. Uh, hit it, please. Okay. <laughs> was absolutely beautiful. There's another one, longer one with dialogue, but but please tell us how you were so inspired. Well, yeah, so uh, my heart has been, uh, since actually I was a Marine in Iraq um, nearly a decade and a half ago, 
my heart has been to take the biblical accounts, to take Scripture's truth and bring it from the page to the screen, because the Word, the Bible, came alive to me when I was over there. The Lord got a hold of my heart, drew me to His Word, opened my eyes to the, really the truth of His gospel and the people that we find in Scripture. And from that moment on, I've wanted to illustrate that for people so that others who don't read the Bible, like I didn't read the Bible beforehand, would be would see that these are these are real people in real history and living lives according to God's redemptive plan. And in seeing that, they would be drawn to the Bible for themselves and hopefully, by God's grace, have their eyes open to the truth of the gospel as well. And it's, uh, it looks fantastic. And people are intrigued by uh, the budget, $250,000. By the way, it looks state-of-the-art. I mean, this looks like an expensive major motion picture. <laughs> How did you do it? <laughs> Well, I, uh, you know, yeah, so the, the hard cost, so you got hard cost, soft cost, right? The hard cost budget of the film is less than $250,000. And in order to make it look so polished, um, there was a lot of unpaid hours. Uh, so we shot this. We were actually supposed to shoot this back in the fall of 2018. We got pushed for weather and uh, actor conflicts to, to shoot it in the summer of 2019. And since that moment on, I've been having to work on the post work, um, uh, mostly alone, aside from the composer working on the score. And then we had some help with the sound and, and uh, the, a little bit with the color. Um, but I was spending all of these last nearly four years editing the film, doing over the 325 visual effects shots, making all these uh, miniatures, like miniature tents, miniature walls that, uh, you know, like they, yeah. that you record on green screen and put into the background of shots. And uh, and so whenever everything sort of shut down, the, the Hollywood shut down and all my corporate work shut down during the COVID era, that gave me that extra time, by God's grace, yeah. to be able to polish the film, to get it to look um, how it looks now. And, and it's just so encouraging to see so many people moved by it around the country and really around the world, because not only are you seeing success in the United States, but it's also playing in countries, many other countries around the world, and it's coming to other countries as well. It was actually just last week I heard from our main actor, who's a big star in Lebanon. Uh, he said it was number one movie in Lebanon. And wow. so when you think about that, the gospel going out to the far reaches of the world, um, that's what it's all about. That's my heart and why I wanted to do it. So you were in Iraq and you picked up the Bible. You weren't a Bible reader. Can I ask you what, what drove you to pick up the Bible? Well, so, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home like so many of us in the United States and in the South, if you could tell from my accent. But we, uh, I grew up in a Christian home and um, I asked Jesus into my heart whenever I was eight years old at church camp. And that's putting the ask in, in, in quotes, not Jesus in quotes, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, I just kind of lived morally for moral sake through middle school and high school. But inside, I could just sort of have a, a playground in my mind. Uh, and then when I went off to the Marine Corps, I didn't go to church for like three years. Um, you know, I, I like to use the excuse I didn't have a car and I lived on base, but I, I could have made a way if I wanted to go. And right. then um, I just started to get really convicted about about the fact that I would call myself a Christian, but I spent no time in the Word of God to learn about the God that I said I love. His only son, we haven't been to the movies in a long time. What a great excuse to get back to the movies. David Helling, let's, uh, let's have you back. We have to talk more. Appreciate it so much. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. God bless. You bet. Uh, available wherever you see movies. We'll be right back.
Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow.